Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Matthew, chapter 12. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Everything is just so right, and they appear very spiritual. Their Bible is all marked up, but someone once said, it matters not how much you mark your Bible, but does your Bible mark you? And people like to take notes in the Bible and look spiritual. Isn't it true? And so legalistic Christians, they look very spiritual. Let me give you this morning four reasons why Christians shouldn't live in legalism. Four reasons why Christians shouldn't live in legalism. Number one, look in your Bibles again. Notice in verse one, living in legalism is foolish. Do you see that? Notice in verse 1, Paul is so upset at these Christians who are reverting back to legalism. He is so upset with them and so angry that they're doing this that he starts calling them names. Did you see that? Oh, foolish Galatians. Now, this word foolish in the Greek language means idiot. It it, it means idiot. It means out of your mind. You know, it was J.B. Phillips who translates this verse. Oh, you dear idiots of Galatia, surely you can't be so idiotic. You know, my mom would say, have you lost your ever-loving mind? And don't make me slap you, boy. You see, Paul is furious with them. Now, this word that Paul uses, foolish or idiot, when you use the word idiot, you're not talking about someone with a learning disability, But you're talking about someone who is obviously not an idiot, but they act like one. And then he asks a very rhetorical question. Did you notice that? He says, who has bewitched you? Notice he doesn't say who has deceived you, but who has bewitched you or who has cast a spell on you that you should not obey the truth. Have you met people like that? I have. Man, I'm talking to them about the Bible. I'm looking at the things in Scripture. I'm sharing with them. Many times, you know, as as we love people and God loves people, but I've shared the gospel in a very clear way to Mormons. I've shared the gospel in a very clear way to Jehovah's Witnesses. I will take their their Bible and say, look, this is what your Bible has to say. A very clear, you know, sense of, of, of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Very clear. And they just don't see it. And I'm looking at him thinking, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth? Notice he says that. Who's bewitched you that you shouldn't obey the truth? Christians shouldn't live in legalism because, number one, it's just idiotic. Number two, Christians shouldn't live in legalism because, this is big, it ignores the cross. 
Did you know that? It ignores the cross. Notice Paul says, who has set a spell on you or who's bewitched you? Get this, that you do not obey the truth. Before whose eyes Jesus Christ was clearly betrayed. In other words, Paul is saying, as I went church to church, it's almost like he, you know, built the big billboard or painted a billboard before these people and, and, and show them that, that Christ died for them. Show them that Christ loves them. Clearly portrayed Christ, he says. Clearly. He says, who has bewitched you that, that you shouldn't obey the truth? I've clearly portrayed it. The cross of Christ was like, 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 like I said, like this billboard. How could you miss the message? And be so deceived into legalism. Galatians chapter 2 verse 21. Paul said. If righteousness comes by the law. Then Christ died in vain. You see the cross is good news about Christ. And not good advice to men. The cross isn't an invitation for us to do anything. But a declaration of what God has already done. And when you fall into legalism. It ignores the very reason Christ died. There was a man named Martin Luther, and, and he found this to be true. He's the father of the Protestant Reformation, you probably know. And he was a monk who had gone out and, and, and all out in his religious practices trying to appease and please God. And one day, while he was climbing the steps on his knees, there was these pieces of broken glass on the steps. And, and the steps were actually circular. And so Martin Luther is climbing the steps on these broken pieces of glass on his knees, praying and seeking God, offering prayers at each step. And he heard the Spirit of God speak to his heart. And the Spirit of God said to him, true story, if a man is going to be just, it isn't by what he does or who he is. For the just, you know it, shall live by faith. God spoke that to his heart. And from there, Martin Luther got up and founded the Protestant Reformation. He reformed the whole Protestant way of thinking. You see, it's by faith. Are you understanding this? It's by faith, not by works. It's by faith, not by religion. It's by faith, not by ritual. It's by faith, not by religion. It's by faith, not by tithing. Now, I know some pastors hear me say that. They'd probably say, what are you, crazy? Why would you say that? Because it's true. Say amen if you know what I'm talking about. It's by faith. You can't get righteous by tithing. Now, make no mistake. Be blessed. Tithe. I mean, all right. I'm going to record to say that. But. You, will be, you won't be any more righteous because you tithe. It's by faith, not by church attendance. It's by faith, not by reading your Bible. You see, you can't read your Bible and go, I'm going to read my Bible. I'm going to pray. I'm going to seek God. You see, none of these things make you righteous. The, 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 the truth is you get to pray. You get to read your Bible. But it doesn't make you any more righteous. It does strengthen you. But these are things that just strengthen the believer. It doesn't make you any more righteous. Can I tell you something? God loves you today. He will not ever love you any more today than he's ever loved you. You've always been loved by God. He cannot love you anymore. He can't love you anymore. God can't love you anymore. He loved you today. He knew you were in your mother's womb. He loved you then and he loves you now the same. You can't change that. Nothing that you do. So it's by faith. 
and not by works, by faith, not by religion, by faith, not by ritual, by faith, not by anything else. Here's the equation. Here's the equation, mathematical equation. Grace plus nothing equals salvation. Don't add anything to it and don't take anything away from it. I heard a preacher say the other day on, on TV, he said, you know, it's by faith that you are saved, my brothers, by faith. And it just drove me nuts. I wanted to pull the TV out and throw it out the window. I'm like, ah, the Bible doesn't say that. The Bible says that we are saved by grace through faith. And that is not of yourself. It's the gift of God. Lest anybody should boast in Ephesians chapter 2. The Bible does not say you are saved by faith. And this is important for you to understand. You see, there's so much talk about faith, your faith, and, and, and what you do through your faith. And you need more faith. And you need big faith. Isn't that a lot of talk about that in the church today? But can I tell you something? That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says, as a matter of fact, Jesus says, it's not about your big faith. It's about your small faith. Because he said is by the faith, the, if you have the faith the size of a grain of, oh, you know that. Then you shall say to this mountain, be thou removed, and it shall be removed. Now, a mustard seed, you already know this, is the smallest seed known to man. Therefore, Jesus says, you don't need great faith in order to be born again, in order to be saved. You need small faith. Just a little bit. Don't flatter yourself. Just a little bit. And so the Bible says that it is by grace are you saved through faith. You see, you see if, you, if you change that around and you start thinking, well, it's by my faith, then, then, it, then it puts the burden on you and then, then, then salvation begins with you. Because then it's by your great faith. But if you say, wait a minute, no, this is not about me. This is about the grace of God. For by grace are you saved, well, then salvation begins with him and is extended to you. And so then you receive the grace of God and then you, 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 um, you know, uh, couple your faith with God's grace to believe that God can move and work in your life. But it's by grace are you saved through faith and that's not of yourselves and don't confuse that because if you mess that up, you're going to be messed up. That's what Paul says. And when you start confusing that, you start distorting and ignoring the cross of Jesus Christ. It's by faith in the finished work of Jesus on the cross. Not by what you do, but what he did. Not by legalism, but by love. Point number three, taking notes, living in legalism, get this, contradicts the Holy Spirit. You see that in verse two and three? Notice what Paul says. He says, tell me something. When I came to you and I preached to you and you received Christ and you asked the spirit to come upon you and empower you to be the men and the women that God wants you to be. He says this. Did you receive the spirit by the law or by faith? Did we tell you you had to do a bunch of stuff to receive the spirit or did we tell you it was by the grace of God? Paul says, how did you receive the spirit? Now, there are some who would tell you that you receive the spirit by earning it. Now, I'm going to take you way back. And some of you are going to know what I'm talking about. I'm going to take you way back. Do you remember what 
it was known as tarrying services. Raise your hand if you know what I'm talking about, tarrying services. Okay, that's just a few of you. I told you I'm going to take you way back. You don't even remember this. But way back in the day, churches, I kid you not, used to have what was known as tarrying services. And that is where people would get together and they would wait day after day, week after week, and they would just tarry and wait on the Holy Spirit to come upon them as if if they prayed loud enough or prayed hard enough, this would somehow impress the Lord and he would give them more of the Spirit. They called them tarrying services. You can't earn the Holy Spirit. How do you receive the Spirit? The Bible is very, very clear. Luke chapter 11, verse 9 through 13. Look it up in your own time, but it says this. I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. If you then being evil, Jesus goes on to say, know how to give good gifts to your children. Here it is. How much more will the heavenly father give the spirit to those who ask? So how do you receive the spirit? Not by tarrying, but by asking. If you simply just say, Father, Jesus, I believe in you and I want your spirit to come inside of me and I want you to live in me. I invite you in my life. You just simply ask. You don't have to tarry. You don't have to pray loud and scream loud and pray hard enough and loud enough and praise enough. None of that. If you just simply open your mouth and say, God, fill me with your spirit. He says he will. It's not that difficult. And when you live in legalism, you ignore that. And so Paul is saying, if you didn't receive the spirit by works, what makes you think you're going to be made perfect by the flesh? It's almost like we, we, we say salvation by grace and sanctification by works. You see, it contradicts the Holy Spirit to try and maintain your salvation by works. Point number four and last point, living in legalism hinders your spiritual growth. No question, hands down. Notice it is God, Paul says in verse 5, it is God who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you. You see, as Christians, we are to live our life and live with understanding that it's all about God. You know, you know, it's all God. I had a friend of mine, every time I talk to him, a couple, and they always say, it's all God. How you doing? It's all God. How's things going? It's all God. You want to eat something? It's all God. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, oh, okay, all right, all right, I understand, I understand, okay. You know, but, but I do like it. I, I do understand it. It is all God. Amen, saints? It is all God. We were in Ruth chapter 2 last Wednesday night. This coming Wednesday, we'll be in Luke chapter 3. And we were talking about how in the Christian life, there are no coincidences in the Christian life. Do you know that? There's only God incidences. In other words, God's in control of every step of your life, every minute, every day, every hour, every week, every month, every year. All of your life is all God. It's just him. No coincidence. Everything that happens to you is all God. How do you know that, Rodney? Because Romans chapter 8 says, and we know, that's the best part of that verse, and we know 
that all things work together for good to them who love God and to those who are the called according to his purpose. So everything in my life, God is working it out. Every situation, all the bad stuff and all the good stuff. I don't understand it, but that's what the Bible says. And so it's all God. There's no coincidences. Only God incidences in your life as a believer. And we're to walk in the spirit. The spirit is constantly working in your life every day. And when you're walking in the spirit, now here it is. When you're walking in the spirit, you give glory to God for the things that he does. But when you're walking in legalism, it hinders your spiritual growth because everything depends on you. Everything depends on your faithfulness. You know, if you do the right stuff, if you read your Bible enough, if you pray enough, you go to church enough, you tithe enough, you do this enough, you do that enough, then everything is all about you. And when everything is about you and your legalistic ways, then, yeah, when bad stuff happens, you're like, man, I must not have been faithful. Something bad happened to me, and I, man, I, blow, I must have blown it somewhere. See, it's all about you. But when you're walking in the spirit and able to just let the spirit of God live in your life and you just grow in the Lord and trust in the Lord every day of your life, then it's not about you. It's about the Lord. But if you're legalistic and you live a life of legalism, it's going to hinder your spiritual growth. Turn two chapters with me. Galatians chapter five. Look at verse one. Galatians chapter five. Look at verse 1. This is in a hugely, I can't tell you if there's any verse in the Bible you want to commit to memory, this would be the one. If there's any verse in the Bible that you need to highlight and remember and tattoo to your heart, it would be this one. Galatians chapter 5, look at verse 1. As a matter of fact, if you're there, why don't you read it with me? Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free, and do not be entangled again with the yoke of God bondage. Did you see that? Oh, that's important for the believer. That's very important. The word stand fast, it literally means don't let anything push you into legalism. Nothing, nothing, nothing because whom the son sets free is free indeed. I'm so glad to be free. I am so glad to be free. Rodney is free from performance. I'm not trying to prove to anybody my salvation. I am free from the expectations of others. Somebody even said to me one time, well, you don't look like a pastor. I'm like, well, what's a pastor look like? <laughs> well, you don't look like a pastor. Well, you know, well, what's a pastor? I mean, what am I, what, what am I supposed to wear, like, you know, a purple suit or something? I mean, you know, uh, moose in my hair, jerry curl, or activator or something. I mean, what, what does a pastor look like? Uh, somebody tell me, I, what is a, I don't know what a pastor looks like. All I know is that I, I love the Lord. I'm just doing what God has called me to do. And quite honestly, I am free from the expectations of what people think I ought to be. I've been free long time ago. I'm just trying to be me. See, I can be me easier than I can be you. Say amen. You know, yeah. There, that was deep theology there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. 
I can just, I just want to be me. I'm just trying to love God and do what God has called me to do. I am free from the expectations of others. I'm not trying to look like a pastor, not trying to be a pastor. Yes, I am a pastor. But I'm trying to, again, allow the Spirit of God to work in me, the ministry that he has called me to do. And therefore, I'm walking in freedom and walking in love and doing what I love to do. It is sinful that I actually get paid to do what I do. Because I'm so blessed. It's a shame. I said to my wife, I said, it's a shame that I can enjoy what I do so much and actually get paid to do it. I said, well, why do you talk a lot? Yeah, and they pay me to talk a lot now. I love to talk a lot because I'm just letting God do what God wants to do in me. That's all. I am free from performance. I'm free from from the expectations of others. I am free from the domination of the devil. Free. I'm just free. I'm free. I'm free from the power of sin. You know, before I was a Christian, you know, Satan played his violin and I danced. You see what I mean? And now I'm free from that. And now I dance to the Lord. Amen. (laughs) Now I'm just serving the Lord and loving him. I'm free from the penalty and the power of sin in my life. I am free. And so are you. And Jesus said, that's why he died to make you free. Now understand something. This freedom, it wasn't cheap. It wasn't cheap. Oh, no. You know what Paul Peter said? Peter said that that we were bought with the Precious blood of Christ. That word precious means means uh, without value. In other, not 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 valueless, but you can't put a price on the precious blood of Christ. It's more precious than the hope diamond. It wasn't free. It, it wasn't cheap. It cost Christ His blood. You know the freedom we experience in this country. It ain't cheap. There are people giving their lives. You don't have to like it. And politically, I'm not trying to propose an argument here. I'm just saying freedom isn't cheap. It comes at the expense of men and women who are brave, who who give their lives for this country. From Bunker Hill to Gettysburg, from Saigon to, to, to the Persian Gulf. Freedom has never been cheap. And how much more the freedom that Jesus gives supersedes any political freedom. His freedom is costly. And let me just tell you one thing, one last thing here. And this freedom also comes with limits. There's limits to our liberty. Now, wait a minute, Ronnie. You just said that we are free. Yeah, yeah, we are free. But there are limits to our liberty. There's always limits. For example, freedom doesn't come without restraint. I mean, think about it like this. What if we were to take a helicopter ride or a plane ride 10,000 feet up in the air and, and we're going to do some parachuting and I, we get up 10,000 feet in the air and I say, you know what? I think, you know, I, I think I want to uh, be free today. You know, I think I want a little more freedom. I think I'll jump without a parachute. Uh, hello, you're going to die. Okay, freedom, freedom, liberty has limits. You understand? Say amen. Liberty has its limits. You can't just do whatever you want. Now, here's the limits. I often look at the word of God like a big circle. God's word is like a big circle. And your life is within that circle. And the limits are the word of God. See, once you get outside that circle, now you've moved into the area of sin. 
But there are limits within the word of God. So your freedom, your liberty does have limits. According to the word of God, you're to live your life. Also, your liberty has limits when it comes to stumbling a weaker brother. Then you have, then there's limits. We don't have the freedom to stumble our brother. The Bible says, hey, if we've got liberty to do something and our brother stumbled by it, well, then we are to not exercise our liberty. So liberty has limits. But simply, if we just get free from legalism and say, God, work in me, work in my life, fill me with your spirit. May I walk in the spirit? The Bible says walk in the spirit, Galatians chapter 5, verse 19 uh, through 21-ish. You know, walk in the spirit (laughs) and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. You see, we don't, legalism, we don't need legalism, and you don't need to be a legalist. And this church, we don't want to be a legalist. We're trying to teach people love, not law. Love, not law. Pastor Ronnie, can, can, can a Christian see an R-rated movie? Yeah, well, I, you know, I, I don't know that I'd recommend it, but, but I guess they can. But I'm not going to tell people what to see and what not to see. Because that would be legalism. Why not just teach them the love of God and have people responding out of love and not law? You see, you can impose all the laws you want. But if those laws are not obeyed through love, then they're only going to last for a certain period of time. That's it. It's almost like your kids. You can put the law on them all you want. But when they get an opportunity, when they get a certain age and they want to disobey you, they, they will. So teach them love. Same as the Christian life. Learn to walk in love, not law. And God will lead you in every way that you need to be led. But you got to listen to the Spirit. When God's telling you don't do something, don't do it. God's telling you don't be involved in something, don't be involved in it. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch and Calvary Chapel Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccary.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.